A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And that is just full of art supplies. Just tons and tons of art supplies. There's no, there's no miniatures in there. nothing else. It's just me with like, oh, that's an interesting twig. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty Quill presents Enthusiasm. Hello, friends and fans, and welcome to Enthusiasm, the show where we talk about a few of our favourite things. I am your host, Helen Gould, one of the best Rusty Quillers. Today, we're talking about collectibles. I am multiply excited to be joined by Chris and Grant. <laughs> As always, we shall introduce ourselves alphabetically, which means, Chris, you are going first. What are your pronouns and what do you do? Uh, I'm Chris, he, him, and I write about elves for a living by making RPGs. Oh, beautiful. 
And Grant, what are your pronouns and what do you do? Hello, I'm Grant, he, him too. And also I write the same things about elves as Chris. We write about elves together. Do you want to mention the name of your company? <laughs> yeah, uh, we are We are two thirds of Rowan, Rook and Deckard. We are Deckard and Rook. And we write, we've written games such as Heart and Spire and uh, most importantly, Jason Statham's Big Vacation. Hell yeah. God, that's so satisfying to say. Most importantly, seven or any award-winning heart. Eh. I think that's an important thing. I suppose so, but you know, it, 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 at no point is there a back page of heart, which is Brian Cranston's big expansion. So, <laughs> no, that's very true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Right. We shall get on to the actual subject of uh, this episode, which is collectibles and collections. One of you go first and tell me what you collect and how you started doing it. Grant, I know what you collect. I know that they're lovely little soldier boys. Lovely little soldier boys. I like, yeah. I, I like to go around the nightclubs and the docks and pick up lovely little soldier boys. <laughs> Home and lost on shore leave. Oh, oh, don't worry. I'll take care of you. Come in. Would you like a blanket and a biscuit? Uh, yes, I collect toy soldiers. Chris, what, 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 why, didn't you, why didn't you take the lead on this one, Chris? All right. Well, we both collect toy soldiers. Um, oh. Which is infuriating to a degree because we both uh, access the hobby of toy soldier collecting in, in very different ways. Mm. I paint miniatures and mess about with them, and Grant has recently started building his own. Oh. Which is the opposite of collecting. It's the opposite of collecting almost. Um, but we spend thousands of pounds a year on tiny little plastic men for no real reason. Is it thousands? I guess it is thousands of pounds. It's thousands, Grant. It's absolutely thousands. <laughs> it's if not more. Yeah, at least uh, maybe like Earth. Yeah, God. Yeah. I thought about it in that way. Technically, technically, they're for a game. Yeah. Sh- sh- and should we which explain, game is that? Should we explain what Warhammer is? Please do. Please do. I would love to hear you explain what Warhammer is. <laughs> Warhammer... Warhammer is a 1980s satire that got incredibly out of hand. (laughs) (laughs) Full disclosure, we did have a a TTRPGs episode in which people explained to me what Warhammer was there as well. There was, I think there was something to do with floating pyramids. Oh, yep, yep. There's floating pyramids. Basically, if if you imagine if a load of 14 year olds discovered purple pros and rocket launchers at the same time. Mm. Ah, yes. That's basically what it is. It's an incredibly overblown universe. Everything's too big and too masculine and too silly. And the orcs are mushrooms? The orcs are fungus, yes. Yes. Which is actually kind of interesting. The thing is, there is a lot of really interesting stuff in there. But you have to dig through like 30 (laughs) years of... Just people going hog wild with a pen. The important, <laughs> the important thing to realise about Warhammer is that it is, it's not a story. It's an offshoot of a company that sells toy soldiers, and so they ah. need to sell as many toy soldiers as possible. And the easiest toy soldiers to sell are called Space Marines, which are also the easiest to paint, and some might argue the easiest to win with. So an awful lot of the lore. An awful lot of the backstory is about basically the same guy, but with a different hat. Oh, really? And sometimes he's from space Sweden, and sometimes he's from space Rome. And And sometimes he's evil. Ooh, half of him is evil. And there's a great deal of fiction about trying to make space marines interesting. And they're just not. They're not, no. They're really not. 
like it it started it started a very long time ago like in in the 80s when it was coming up like it was genuinely satire mm. it was actually fairly pointed like there's one of the one of the the, the biggest orc is named after margaret thatcher <gasps> really uh, his, his name's uh was it grascal mag urk thraka grascal mag urk thraka urk thraka there you go yeah and there's there, there, there's a lot of parallels buried in there to sort of political scenes at the time and mm. it's very much been forgotten now uh for bodybuilding space marines who hurt foreigners oh dear like there is like like they were games workshop were really careful to put out uh, a statement saying like hey listen the imperium like the sort of the you know the sort of the the the, the main fascists in in the game the imperium is bad we're not bad. We don't want you to be bad. The Imperium is bad. Okay? Mm. Now, here's a five-minute video of a space marine putting on armour. I see. It's like, okay, well, mm. so And the space marines are part of the Imperium. Yes. Very much so. Yes, they're the... They're the the uh, enforcement wing of the Imperium. Sexless angels of death. Oh, no. Who are fired out of rockets and, and crash land into planets to murder people with grenade launchers. Oh, dear. Yeah. But... We're not here to talk about that. No. No, you're here to tell me about, like, how you... Okay, so I have seen... You get these little grey... Sprues. Uh, yes, and they've got limbs and guns and heads and things mm-hmm. in them, and you have to, like, snap them out and put them together. <gasps> snap! Oh, oh no, it is it is a careful and zen process. <laughs> Oh, you 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 need yourself a pair of very precise clippers. Oh, 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 you, oh. you got a pair of the good ones, Chris. I can see you got those ones. Like, Chris got me a pair like that for my birthday. You oh. got a very precise pair of flat clippers, and then you carefully shave away all the mold lines and glue them together precisely in the way that you choose, if possible. Um, some sets don't let you choose. Coward. So the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that like especially for me, putting them together is like maintaining a Zen garden. Mm. It's getting them all perfect and all smooth and lovely and then spending far too long painting them and then just throwing them in a cabinet and never touching them again. I see them. Are those all ones you've yes, made? Yes, that is, that is the ones I can fit. The ones behind me are the ones that fit into the cabinet. The rest are just in a box on the floor. And and, and the ones that like that are nicely painted as well or the ones which, you, which you're proud of. Yes, yes. Like uh, I realise that this is technically an audio medium but my desk is just rammed with just piles of paint. <laughs> And handfuls of tiny plastic grey men that haven't been done yet. (laughs) Uh, It occupies a large part of my world every day. Mm. They just sort of, they just sort of sit here. They just what's 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 that? What's that fellow's name, Chris? Chris is holding up a big demon. uh, Yes, big demon. This is Bellacor. Bellacor, a big chaos demon, like a Balrog. Oh, yeah. They started with Balrog and then just sort of extrapolated out from there. And yeah, went as I say, hog wild with it. And then you've got yeah. Your angry space dudes. Oh, yes, I see. Very good. They're all very heroic. Wink. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, the whole process is like mainly what I do to not be mad. Mm. Like it's it it fills the quiet spaces between when I have thoughts. Yeah. I have House Flipper for that. House Flipper is pretty good for that. And a lot cheaper. Is that that the PC game where you tidy a house? Yeah, you can break it down or paint it and... 
Why not? For April Fool's Day. Um, so usually if you want to demolish a wall, you have a big sledgehammer and you hit the wall with it. But for April Fool's Day, it was a shotgun and you just shot the wall just into pieces. Firing randomly into people's houses as you wander past. That's the Warhammer way. <laughs> the, the absolute best thing about House Philippa, though, and it's a, such a minor thing, I've never, I've never really enjoyed screwing in a radiator before. Mm. There's something satisfying about getting that bad boy up on the wall. Yeah, yeah, there is. I exclusively play PC games where you can jump sideways holding two guns, so I don't know what you're talking about. That's oh, I see, I see. I, my experience with PC games is completely the opposite of yours. <laughs> you jump forwards holding one gun? With oh. one gun, yeah. Weird. <laughs> Sometimes backwards. So, did you get into this hobby via Warhammer? Like, how did you start making things? Can't you go first? Yeah, it's Warhammer for me. Warhammer. That that was that was the first nerdy thing I did. I think that was that, that was that was my first. That was the first sort of game which I was exposed to. A mate of mine at primary school. He bought me. He 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 bought me in on it, and he was he was powerfully strange. And at one point. Uh, there's there, there's a faction of orcs called Evil Sons, and he said it was pronounced Evil Snuzz. And I said, no, Andy, it's not. We can look it up in the codex. And then he said, you should leave my house. <gasps> so that was a really strange sort of... That was, that was, I'm glad okay. I moved on from him. But that was that, that was sort of my first sort of... Uh, like he, 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 bought, he, he bought me in to it. He was, he was very strange. But I learned about... Uh, so so like the first thing I played was a game called Gorkamorka. Oh! And Gorkamorka is uh, it's like Mad Max, I think? Would you describe it as Mad Max, Chris? It's entirely just based on Mad Max, yeah. What if Mad Max was full of orcs and much more stoppy-starty? Because you had to actually play through it, <laughs> and so you have you have these sort of big ramshackle trucks and bikes and trikes, and you make all your boys, and they have the weapons on. They have very small bases, so you can physically jam them on the truck, and then you you painstakingly <laughs> move them around a board, trying to sort of outmaneuver each other. I I then sort of got more into. It. I started buying more models around the sides and like experimenting and trying to build an army. I do want to say, flash forward twelve years, Chris and I tried to play Gorkamork against each other in second year of university. So we didn't have any money. We didn't have thousands of pounds a year money mm-hmm. to spend on this oh. hobby. So we clubbed together. We 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 managed to get ten pounds each to get a box of orcs, and then we went to a charity shop, and. I got, I think I got like a, like like a Playmobil truck. You got a Playmobil truck, and I got a Winnie the Pooh pirate, uh, ship. pirate ship with wheels, and we with wheels, and we used those as the vehicles because we were we were poor. And I'd like to point out that Grant and I have played each other not that many times. Ten really times the tops, five times, like ten <laughs> times. Most of those games were on the floor of my parents' house. Yeah, and we were at uni together, which With, is weird. Yeah, we were at uni together, but like we're talking like six years ago. Yeah, on the floor of my parents' living room. Like we happened to be over there for a barbecue and a business meeting at the same time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> using like vases as as mountains. We spend a and like I think part of the reason why we wanted to talk about collecting rather than like war gaming per, per se is mm. that we don't really do war games. I find yeah. I personally find the whole like the the competitive nature of it pretty stressful and maybe boring and mm. the war games that i do play are much more collaborative or narrative and just a bit sillier but what we do is focus on the the craft of it i think mm. would be how i describe it so chris is chris paints 
Chris is an excellent painter. Thank you. What? Why don't you tell us about maybe just the different kinds of paint that you jam onto the boys? Because <laughs> I only got the one like, type of paint. Yeah, that's fair. Like I, the, the sort of the standard paint that you use that you can buy from the companies that make the miniatures are generally like acrylics. They're just standard. It's like paints. nice poster paint. Yeah. High quality, high pigment, that sort of stuff. But I use uh, oil paints. Oh wow! Um, and enamels because you can you can blend oil paints and you can water them right down, use them as washes, and make them all mucky. And you can get things like chipping medium, which is kind of like hairspray in consistency when you spray it on, and then you you put another layer of paint over it, and then it's water activated, so you can scratch off the top layer to reveal the bottom layer. And then you can make like you paint the bottom layer as rust and the top layer as the armor, and you can make them all weathered and and damaged. Don't forget the airbrush. And yes, and I have an airbrush <laughs> to to do smooth, smooth blends. Oh, I love this. And like I have and sitting next to me, I have a five box chest of drawers, like a they're called a really useful box, mm. big bucket things. And that is just full of art supplies. Just tons and tons of art supplies. There's no, there's no miniatures in there. There's nothing else. It's just me with like, oh, that's an interesting twig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that home and I'm going to put it in the oven for three hours at 150 degrees to get all the bacteria and water out of it. And then maybe glue it to a base. I've got the perfect miniature. I've got the perfect miniature for this. It'll frame it perfectly. I haven't thrown away the roll from the inside of a tube of tinfoil for eight years. And I've used none of them. I have a box oh. full of... Because that, that's, they're the best kind of cardboard tubes, you see. They're so sturdy. Or they're you can so saw them and they don't break apart. Mm. They're great. Mm. A good sawable tube. I haven't used one of them. They're just in a box of a spare room. That's that's a big box of potential, oh, my friend. baby apps. Yeah, so so oh. I want to talk about my application of the way I do it. See, Chris is very much into, into making beautiful models and he will yeah build them as they come as they're supposed to look so like there's <laughs> as per instructions yeah and like and I there's see. generally a nice little instruction manual and i'll put and like chris will put slot a into tab b and then make them and, and, and it, so it looks like dynamically posed and it looks sensible and all the proportions are right the, the word you're looking for there is coherent coherent yes yes <laughs> excellent it stands up on its own you know and yours are more avant-garde you know that kid from toy story sid <laughs> that's how i interact with the hobby oh but imagine if sid sometimes wasn't looking and just Really, really liked religious iconography. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'll I'll put a cross on stuff. I love I love a bit of religious iconography. I think uh, and like and like what what if Sid had played some Dark Souls at a formative time, that sort of thing. So I I tried to build like I tried to build horrible little guys. I really like horrible little guys, and I the, one of my favorite things about. Um, Warhammer specifically, but also um, any sort of um, tabletop modeling or any sort of toy soldiers thing, is the human element of it, is the pathetic element of it. So, like, rather than having, like, a huge, big, powerful space marine with eight legs and two plasma fists and and a steam pipe coming out of his head, my, my, favorite, my favorite model that I have is, I'm going to say he's about... Six millimeters, seven millimeters tall. He's a he's called a snotling, which is not a particularly dramatic name. And he has been able to save up and afford himself a catapult. Aww. 
and he is <laughs> he is twanging he's twanging his catapult or something. Snotlings are the absolute worst troops in any any legion, any army. They are absolutely terrible. If you imagine a a scrawny and malnourished goblin, stupider, much more stupid. They they are half Aww. the size of goblins. They are designed as these like there's something that goblins can boss about. Mm. Oh, but I love them. Oh, they're great. They're I adore them. They're wonderful oh, creatures. They're also communists. Oh, excellent. That's the other thing about them. <laughs> That's the other thing about them. They have they, they regularly have communist rebellions and union meetings. Oh, tiny goblin unions. Oh, I love yes, this. Yes, they're gorgeous. The leader of the uh, of the Rebel Grot Revolutionary Committee was called Dared Gobbo. <gasps> and the deal is, um, every time you put the red gobble on the table, you'd roll his stats randomly because he'd because he'd been killed previously, and so now he was a new guy. <laughs> Especially somebody picking up the hat and coat and putting it on and going, "Yep, in charge now." Ah, a lot of time for that. The dread pirate Roberts of communism. Yes, yeah, precisely. <laughs> and I, I really like making little stories. I, I like I watch quite a lot of diorama stuff on YouTube, and like I'll try to make something which is. Like I like making people who look scared or people who look like they're trying to they're trying really hard but not getting it. Mm. So like there's a uh, a fairly recent game which came out in the last couple of years called Turnip Twenty Eight. Oh, so twenty eight is the is the is the scale. So twenty eight millimeter is the average height of a of a human in the setting. Warhammer operates closer to thirty two these days. It used to be twenty eight, but then they made everyone taller uh, so they could fit more stuff on the models. But Turnip Twenty Eight is set in this sort of post-apocalyptic Napoleonic warfare zone where everything's mud, everything sucks, it's awful, <laughs> everyone hates it, and um, instead of commanders, you have you have a, uh, a a snob who is in charge of two toffs, and each each of the toffs is in charge of their own unit, their own unit of men who they've brought along for the war, <laughs> and. Every like it's all sort of Napoleonic mashed together with medieval. It's it's never stops raining. There's a mushroom growing out of your face, and you don't quite understand what's going on. And every everyone's terrible. Like you hit you hit on a six on a dice, so the odds of you actually doing anything are really slim. And I love that. I mean, that's wonderful. What an army of of really like feckless incompetence. <laughs> and I really like. Ron has this this marvelous this marvelous talent for making a model look. Pathetic. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, like, n- not a pathetic model, but making them look like they're trying very hard <laughs> and just not getting anywhere. You've you've both role-played uh, with me, so you know that's my favourite kind of NPC. I do. That is your jam, yeah. It's like, uh, 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 I, I'm terrible, sir. I've had a tremendous burden thrust upon me. I'm largely incompetent. I'm about 40% posher than Grant is. Could you help? Save me from myself. Mm. I'll give you all the money for my I wallet. I still remember that one... I still remember that one NPC in Unbound who had forks for hands. Johnny Forkhands? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Forkhands, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, he Strong. was great. He really he really underlined the uh, the post the, the tense post-apocalyptic mood I was trying to come up with. <laughs> There was there was Johnny Fork. There weren't even not there weren't even there were electric forks which span. Yeah, they were. There was a lad who had an oven for a chest. I seem to remember. Must be a nightmare around spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. yeah, got that solved. Yeah, well, so I really like I really like trying to make human elements in models, and also um, I really like building unique things. Hmm. So I consider it a personal failure if I make a model how it's supposed to look which is very time-consuming and means I don't own an army. I see. Sorry. 
Sorry. I own several armies, but they're all on the sprues. They're all, or like, they're all in different boxes. I have a cupboard. The same way that Chris has art supplies for, like, basing and painting and different kinds of wire and different, different chewable grades of cork. Uh, like, eight different kinds of moss, some interesting rocks he's found. <laughs> I have just bins of little arms and skulls and heads and like I'll leave them around the place like 6 liter bins they're not small and like I'm not I don't think that I'm especially extravagant in the way that I pursue this hobby I think that of of, of the people who do it I'm probably on the on on the cheaper end of the spectrum alarmingly frugal mm. but um oh oh I just like I'll I'll buy a sprue I'll buy another sprue and I'm like I'm going to make these kiss <laughs> I'm going to I'm, I'm like, so I've got, I've got these horrible bird people and these witches. What if we made horrible bird witches? And then the trick is you just hold the sprues near to each other for at least a week. You wanna, you wanna get a handle on how those go, on how those go together and understand them sort of, um, conceptually. Yeah, they've got to do some osmosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you give up three days in. Just why Chris has like squads. Yeah, I, I have, I have squads and stuff because I'm, when I do it, I'm constantly trying to learn how to do something new mm. and like different and complicated painting techniques that I can't do yet. Because there's a lot of, if you if you want there to be, there's an awful lot of technical stuff you can do. Oh boy! Um, like the thing I'm learning at the moment, which is non-metallic metal, oh. which is most most. Mo- if you want to paint gold, you get a gold paint and you paint it on. It's got little flecks of mica or aluminium in it that make it mm. shiny. So to do it without that, you paint the shine <gasps> so you paint the shine and the the reflections and there's different kinds of it oh that sounds very so detailed and difficult mm-hmm. there's really complicated version a version which is called sky earth non-metallic metal which is where anything that's facing down reflects the earth back onto it so it has earth tones and everything that faces up has the reflection of the sky oh my it. god and you paint all that in at 28 to 32 millimeter scale do you a magnifying glass no i've got these terrible eyes terrible terrible eyes you've got a steady hand though chris i'll give you that and your eyes are better than mine i can't i can't (laughs) detect depth i can't i can't do that because i'm long and short-sighted at the same time in in like in in either eye which means i see everything quite flat so chris Uh can like paint an eye and he can and like and like he puts some paint on the brush and then he puts the he, he puts the brush on the model and it goes where he wants it to whereas with me it's kind of like a game of chicken where I've got I've got the paint on the brush, I've got the model. I just have to I have to sort of move one towards the other until until bump. So I've had to I've had to use a much looser style. Let's say a perhaps more impressionistic method. Ah yes. Grant's miniatures come out and I, I do not mean this negatively in any way. They come out grubby. Oh thank you. I try. I try I try for grubby. <laughs> like he 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 paints them grubby and nasty and covered in mud and bleh. and I do some like that, but also I pride myself on being able to do nice, clean, shiny boys. Aww. You actually, Christy, never said how you got into doing all this painting and collecting all these little men. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So I first started off playing Dungeons and Dragons okay. very, very early. Um, and then I think it was like a couple of years after that, I was in my local pub's car park mucking about as a child, as I was wont to do almost every weekend, thanks to my parents. Um, and I found in the car park a tiny plastic orc <gasps> from a board game, uh, which has just been re-released, actually, called Hero Quest. Oh, oh yes. With the, with the scimitar? With the, the little scimitar above his head. Yeah. And I was like, they make models of these? 
I was so excited. And that orc turned to you and said, Come with me, Christopher. I'll take you on adventure beyond your wildest dreams. I will show you a world of empty wallets. <laughs> and yeah, so then it, I spent ages trying to work it out because this was pre-internet. Can't just Google that. Mm. Until I eventually found Games Workshop was a, a company that also had a, coincidentally had a uh, a shop opposite my father's work at the time. So I would force him to go in <laughs> and buy me things whenever I had enough pocket money. <laughs> and thankfully, being wonderfully middle class, he did. Aww. On that note, I think we're going to go to a break. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome back. So something that I've noticed from what both of you have said is that it seems like in collecting your miniatures, you have also got like side collections. Like, so like, Chris, you've got like little side collections of twigs and stones and things. Yeah. Grant, you've got side collections of little cardboard Mm -hmm. tubes. Just in case. There's there's a lot of accessories involved. I see. I see. And and also like, it's all consuming, if I'm honest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. It's (laughs) yeah. Like there has not a day gone past where I haven't at least picked up a model and thought about Mm. it. (laughs) <laughs> like sometimes you can't get near your models and you're like well this day isn't as good <laughs> this is starting to sound like a curse oh hey well, look, i don't know <laughs> a bit it's a little bit of a yeah curse. it's like this like, like one of them rumpelstiltskin curses actually that's quite a big one wasn't it <laughs> if you can guess games workshops actual name it's a fairly solid curse you got that was the firstborn wasn't it yeah uh, it's uh it's, yeah. yeah it's a bit it's a bit cursy but i think that as as young boys, we are we are told we can't be creative. I can't speak to the experience of young girls. I wasn't one. I don't really know what it's like. But I remember that from the age of about eight years old, nine years old, you're pretty much told to shut up and sit down. Mm. Your like creativity is often not punished, but not created. Sorry, but mm. not uh, not not desired. Like outside of how well it can get you a mark in school, your creativity isn't especially rewarded. There are very few uh, outlets for you to be to, to be artistic, to make something beautiful, to make something that you're proud of, and mm. all of the like. An awful, I mean, even a lot of the marketing around Warhammer is around competing against each other and winning and trying to get like the best army so you can fight. And I think something which which is really sort of which has really helped. It's something which really helped Chris and I because we're also like we are creative in our in our day jobs. We 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 write role playing games for a living, and so there's this drive in that like role playing games are often a hobby for a lot of people, and so there's something you can just sort of do laid back and relaxed. And you don't need to worry about getting better at it. But we do. We have a. Mm. I, I have a professional pride to uphold, and I want to get better at writing, and I want to you know I want my next game to be better than my current game, and so on and so forth. But just making toy soldiers, especially with no sort of like, oh, I'm not here to win a contest. I'm like, there's no time pressure. Just something we can slowly get better at for no reason other than it's nice to get better at something. That's hugely yeah. valuable. And it's an achievable goal. Mm. Like, you can get better each time you try something. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, just continuing from Grant's point, like, the, the girls I knew when I was very young had craft boxes mm. right they had boxes full of glitter and all sorts of other stuff that i was not allowed to because Friendship i was bracelets. a boy yeah stuff yeah. like that and what you what you end up with is like you know those face creams for men that are like face armor bulletproof <laughs> <laughs> 
this this moisturizer will stop a speeding F1 car. <laughs> That's kind of what Games Workshop and Warhammer 40,000 miniatures are. Like, yeah. It's creative, but it's about guns, so it's okay. Boys can play. It's war. And it... it it, it, at least, at the least at that time, especially, it was it was an in, yeah, and it was a way that was accepted, and I was I was allowed to do that, as it were, mm. and just just, and it it kind of stuck, and I'm not upset about that fact, but I would have liked some glitter, yeah. I I really I always thought the charm bracelets were wonderful. I thought they were really cool. Like like you get little bracelets, and they have little like. Little figurines on them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing like, that you have to collect. Like, you get the bracelet with, like, one charm on it, and then you hunt down all the all the little, the little bits. Yeah. Where's where's the Warhammer charm bracelets, Chris? <laughs> just, skull, Imagine that. just skulls and ammunition. Just hundreds of skulls. <laughs> but, like, you know, you could get, like, little symbols. I, th- I think it might look quite cute. It's just there's really no market for them, I guess. Yeah. If, only, if only they already sold small resin lumps which I could attach to a bracelet mm. <laughs> you can make your own resin lumps <laughs> and he frequently does thanks Helen <laughs> I believe in you so uh, what I've been getting into recently is scratch building which is the opposite of collecting and what's that scratch building is when you just get raw materials and make toy soldiers like a chunk of plastic uh, no um, I, so I use uh, putty so you get um, oh. it's, it's epoxy putty so you get two two different kinds of putty of various stickiness mix them together uh, and then it hardens over a few hours but you can sculpt it in that time and so you like you get um you build an armature out of wire and you have all the sculpting tools and you do this and 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 that's uh, also i mean chris does this as well just in like filling in gaps or like for for light conversion work but it is a i am having just the most fun with it because like i can make i can make uniquely horrible little guys. Hooray! I'm very happy that you can do that. It's so hard to buy a model of a of a fat man with his shirt off, just really tired. Yeah. <laughs> and and I can make that for basically nothing. And now I have I have a bunch of models of like ba- of, of like sort of sunbathing dad grade physiques. I love that. I want more dad bods in in general, yeah. actually. But one of the nice things as well is that because it's a it's a physical thing you've made, you can mm. chart progress on it. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Because you've uh, uh, behind me, I've got display cabinets, and some of those now the paint the painting on them, I would look at now and just I'd strip the paint off immediately. That would be a, an abs- an abject failure for me now. If I didn't steal it first, yeah. <laughs> but it shows it shows how far I've come in X amount of years. And I, cause I know roughly when I painted each one, so I can plot the order of getting better. And you end up with this like little chronology of talent. It's really fun. How do you feel about about being enthusiastic around people about this sort of thing? Because I would get four drinks in and lean over to someone at the party and be like, do you want to see my toy soldiers? <laughs> and they pretty much always said yes, because I'm quite tall. Because they have to. Because they have to, because it's my house. <laughs> And I'll show you the big robot I made. But how do you feel about sort of like infusing about this? Obviously, we've been given a safe space too by our, by our good friend Helen. Yeah, it's literally in the name of the show. So I don't talk about this stuff to like, in quotation marks, normal people. Oh. I.e. people that not, don't... You're not friends with normal people. No, but like uh, the friends that share the hobby, uh, understand role-playing games, that sort of you know, nerds, oh. which most of what I know, fine. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk about all this stuff quite a lot, but... I also know a lot of people that aren't nerds. What's that like? It's weird. Mm. And I don't, none of this comes up. You, there's, there's no way to really talk about it. I'm like, what do you do? Oh, I paint the men. 
do you? Oh, yeah. <sighs> MB over here. What do they talk about? What 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 do they do? They're so talk high and mighty. Is it football? Stocks. I don't know. I don't listen. G- golf. <laughs> golf. It's all I'm, golf. House prices. I'm still thinking about a Chaos Space Marine I'm going to touch later on. <laughs> <laughs> like it as as we've evidenced from talking here, like it's actually fairly hard to explain what you do. Mm. If mm. if if oh I'm really into fixing cars. Brilliant. Mm. Everybody can pass that. What do you do for a living, Chris? Well I I write games about elves that let you be elves, but you're not actually elves. And also I make tiny men out of plastic. That's such a hard conversation to have with somebody who doesn't already know a little bit of it. Yeah. That's when I'm not pretending to be a wizard online. Yeah. Which is the other thing you do a lot. Yes. (laughs) I want to ask if either of you have like a particular piece that you're looking for. Because like, I feel like this is the kind of hobby where you can be like, oh, I really want that dragon head to to add to my to my horrible tree person and then you know it's it seems like the kind of thing where you, you can mix and match and you like waiting for like the perfect thing so interestingly this the, this collection is not one of scarcity huh. well well mm, to a degree um so in now we live in the age of 3d printing yes and things can be prohibitively expensive like some of these models are colossal art pieces like there's a enormous robot and i mean enormous like multiple feet tall that is like three thousand pounds oh my god toddler size yeah it's it's, it's like it, a resin toddler yeah it's a big it's a big robot but most of the like standard miniatures are fairly accessible they're fairly cheap you get a lot of them but what i what i'm looking for is a specific style of thing because if you want, like, for years, I have been searching for a witch miniature. <laughs> I like witches. I like the broom. I like the hat. <laughs> now, finding a witch miniature that doesn't look like it should be painted on the nose cone of a plane is difficult. It's so hard. Yeah, they are all sexy witches. To find a non-erotic witch. I see. I see. But, but finding, like, a nice, a nice witch cauldron, broom, Cat. some clothing, <laughs> would be wonderful. At least with a top on. Yeah. And there's a there, there, there's an upgraded scale as well. So the, the, the scale that we regularly collect in is 32 millimetres. So they're about an inch, inch and a half. Um, there's also 75 millimetre, which is larger, big display pieces not used in games. And those are expensive. Um, they're made by generally small companies, and it's that they are already before you touch them works of art. Hmm. And there's several of those that I've I've had my eye on for ages, but they're almost always limited runs. Hmm. So they'll make and they're, and they're resin as well. Yeah, they're resin, plastic, they're, so they're they're more expensive to produce. They're heavier. They're, they're fragile. Um, and there's a couple of those that I would adore getting my hands on, but. If you don't happen to have £150 at the time when it's coming out, then you're looking at eBay. Mm. And obviously it gets incredibly expensive very fast for some of the, the rarer, nicer pieces. Well, Grant, can you not make a witch with your 
putty and wire. Yeah, but it would come out a bit lumpy. <laughs> like, oh, okay. like that's, that's the thing. As as Chris said, all of all of my guys are quite grimy and lumpy, and like I'm going for that. But also, it's easier than making them not grimy and lumpy. I don't know. I can. I can vibe with a grimy, lumpy witch. Yeah, abs- again, again, I'm, I'm happy to make a grime. I think I've probably got a couple knocking around my desk as we stand. But what Chris <laughs> wants is a nice-looking, a respectable, librarian-esque witch. I think, is that right, oh, Chris? Oh, okay. Yeah, like, just not sexy witch. Yeah, busty, but not, like, sexy. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to turn that down. But, Buxom? But, but not a <laughs> pin-up. Yeah, and, like, and, like, I have, I have, I have... There is a, perhaps a difficulty of me making a beautiful witch for my friend Chris. That seems like the sort of thing that like two two ancient perverts would do in a Greek myth. <laughs> my uh, my particular thing, which I am looking for, it's not a because like so 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 I I started playing back in ninety six ninety seven and oh wow back then he's still he's still involved now but like the games workshops. Head, uh, head rock star designer for models. As, in as far as a guy who makes orcs for a living can be a rock star, it was a chap called Brian Nelson, and Brian Nelson just made the most characterful off-model miniatures. If like you know how like uh, like so like you'll see like pictures on Twitter and it'll be like oh here at times the Simpsons went off-model and when Homer looks like really odd and janky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Nelson didn't quite subscribe to the same guidelines as everyone else. So his guys were weird and lumpy and ugly and characterful and like orcs which didn't look like the other orcs. But I thought they were with, I thought they were absolutely beautiful. He made the snotling which I was chatting about earlier which I'm so so, so proud Aww. of. Proud that I am, but he has basically basically anything that he put out in the second half of the 90s. I would gladly have but it, you're looking at like £25 a piece at this point, and Oof. it's just not worth it because they're made out of soft metal, and the metal itself degrades. But um, just like his his style was absolutely beautiful, and I'd like there are some pieces which I would like to have just for the just for the sake of being able to have them around. I, prob- I probably wouldn't even cut them up if you can imagine such a thing. I probably wouldn't paint them though. They do all have the most twisted faces. Oh as well. yeah. And like <laughs> they're all having such a bad day. Yeah, it's it's like it's like they learn how to do faces around the year two thousand, yeah. and anything before that is just just guesswork. It's an armor plate with a yeah, nose. Not not pretty before then. There's not a lot of great no. stuff. Like some are, like Trish Morrison's Greater Demons. If I can get real inside baseball, <laughs> like, I'm going to Google that. For me, for me personally, Trish Morrison defined what a minotaur should look like, and they haven't bettered it since. Uh, like her, her yeah, Lord of the Change. Old, the old mages have their own weird aesthetic. But I will say, the ones you can get now are better because they stick together properly and they're lighter. And you can like, like the the problem with the problem with metal models is that they don't really stick together. You have to, oh. you have to, you have to drill a hole in every joint and then put a bit of wire in and then glue that wire in. Otherwise, if you if you so much as like breathe on one of these things, all the paint comes off as well as three of the arms. Oh no! Because they're made out of this incredibly soft, like pewter metal, and it means that if they've got like a sword that you've beautifully painted, and then you accidentally bend that sword by I don't know touching it, the paint just flakes off. Just quick question right for you, Chris. Quick question for you: How long did the sword last on your A and the Sword of Twilight? The sort of oh, like yeah, minutes. minutes. 
Oh no! Oh, it was infuriating. It's such a gorgeous oh, they gave it away model. Free like with li- white dwarf as well. It was yeah. They used to give it. It was, it was a limited oh. edition thing. They gave away a deliberately sexy elf. Just basically, just man. Oh, he was a gorgeous thing. And he, he, that was Brian Nelson. He did. He did more time. Oh, yep. oh, they knew yep. how to make weird perverts in more time. Most of them are carrying fishes. <laughs> oh. Back in my day. Oh. Oh. Everyone looked like Alan Moore. It was great. <laughs> F's in chat for that sword. <laughs> We're coming towards the end of the episode. I want to ask a kind of broader question, perhaps a philosophical question. Mm-hmm. I wonder if either of you have any thoughts on why people collect things because it seems to be the kind of thing that doesn't stop Mm. if that makes sense like there isn't a final end point or goal it's just yeah and and if you if you're collecting let's say a sticker album right that has a technical final Mm. end you also find people finish that and go well okay another one yes and it's almost always in the same vein so they'll get all of the coins from one year and then they'll just do the next mm. year. I, next I year. want two copies of every Super Nintendo game, one to play and one to put on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, one to vacuum seal. And I think, honestly, for a lot of people, it's it's community. Hmm. Because, as just to use an example, as Grant just mentioned, Trish, Trish, I can't say it, Trish, Morrison, Trish Morrison's Greater mm-hmm. Demons. That's That doesn't make any sense to anybody. Not even to you. Except... Even I I know the greater demons, but Mm. not the Trish Morrow. I can't say. But that incredible deep dive, that incredible specific knowledge, is a part of a community, and there are people who will get that reference and understand it, and agree or disagree, and have a reason for both of those. And you've got dialogue, and that's what it is. It's that community. It's about showing off your work. It's about improving and getting feedback in a lot of cases. I have a I have a counterpoint. Sorry, not counterpoint. I agree with you entirely, Chris. (laughs) <laughs> you're Shut wrong up. because uh, of this. no um i think i think you're entirely right and i think that part of like something which we've learned as rpg designers part of a game's commercial success comes down to how much a community you can build around it and mm. part of how much community you can build around it is giving them enough setting to get excited about but not so much that they get scared it's it's a it's a, it's a strange balancing act uh but it's uh it's it's it's, it's worthwhile for me i think the okay so the older i've got the more I start saying dad things, hmm. and one thing that has one thing that has fully penetrated even like even my like the, like life with strangers. I, I, um, I, 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 I said to my therapist on Friday. Um, so instead of saying goodbye or see you later, I'll say lasers, which is short for see you laser, which doesn't make any sense. Nothing. It's an absolute, just a, just a fart of a thing. But it is a ritual that I have prepared. It is a ritual which lets me form a little sense of understanding through the world. And mm-hmm. it's like similarly, dad jokes are oft repeated because in this nightmarish, chaotic world, they are an element of control and understanding. And so you're not setting yourself the goal to try and collect one of everything or I want to get one of every SNES game, although some people do that. It's more, I want to understand this. I want to understand this tiny little part of the world. Because there is, it is a ceaseless cacophony outside of this. It cannot be understood. Any attempt to understand it is foolish 
uh, at best. And so by really restricting ourselves to this and saying, like, right, here are the things I'm interested in. And that means that I can I can have a discussion about why Trish Morrison's Minotaurs are better than the, than the plastic ones that replaced them and feel as though I understand the boundaries of that. And there's a safety and there's an element of like, right, well, around in these walls, this bit makes sense. I've plotted out this bit. And that, I think, is a huge amount of of collecting and and, um, and ordering things. It's it's a an extension of naming everything in the universe. And and from that, like, there's an element of mastery and identity as well. Like, I I am good at this thing. This is a thing I am good at, and you can reference it. And people can like people can say, "Oh, that's that's Grant. He makes miniatures." And you go, "Yes." Yes, I do. I am very good at it. Thank you. And that mastery identity is mm. is a lot of why we do it. That's really beautiful. And you know what? I'm very glad that it's the end of the episode. That was such a thoughtful and lovely thing for you both to have said. Thank <laughs> you. This has been lovely. And I really like that you two already know each other about Sophie each other because I've had to do basically nothing this whole episode. I've just been like, Tell me about this thing, and it's been great. I'll, yeah, I'll be, honest, I'll be honest with you, Helen. This is this is this is broadly just similar to what we do most days, <laughs> except except we happen to be recording it for someone else. Yeah, it's not far off. <laughs> Thank you both so so much for coming on. I'm so glad that we could get you on and talk about something that you both enjoy so much. So, listener, I will see you in the next episode. But for now, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from these two. Do you both want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Enthusiasm is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 4.0 International License. It is directed by Helen Gould, produced by Lori Ann Davis, with executive producers Alexander J. Newell and April Sumner, and edited by Marissa Ewing, Tessa Vroom, Michelle Snow and Catherine Ranella. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.